listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 139. This week, we welcome to the show, he's a man of many talents, a pro wrestler, an actor, and stuntman for TV shows. He's Mr. Made for TV, Tully Bertarelli. And we're going to talk about this weekend's Chicagoland Championship Wrestling Show in Michigan City and a whole lot more. In addition, we recap Warrior Wrestling's return with Warrior Wrestling 25, an action-packed Rocket Pro Wrestling Show, Plenty of other local stuff to preview and review. Plus, coming up this weekend, WWE Extreme Rules and Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. And we're going to talk about it all right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah. Back here on Windy City Slam, let's get into it. National news first. This weekend is WWE Extreme Rules, and that's Saturday night, October the 8th, at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. The show will be broadcast live on Peacock. And here are the matches. Extreme Rules match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. We have Liv Morgan defending the title against Ronda Rousey. Will Liv's streak of luck and success defending the title continue? Or will Ronda Rousey finally get back what is hers? And I have a feeling the run of luck for Liv Morgan is coming to an end and Ronda Rousey will take home the title again. Fight pit match, Matt Riddle takes on Seth freaking Rollins, and this thing has gotten so crazy. They're going to the fight pit, which was initiated a couple of years ago in NXT, and now UFC legend Daniel Cormier will be the special guest referee for this one. This is going to be intense. A strap match, and it's Drew McIntyre taking on Karrion Cross with Scarlett in his corner. And I think Karrion Cross will start building some serious momentum for a potential championship run by winning this bout. Ladder match for the WWE Women's Championship on Raw. Bianca Belair defends against Bayley. I want to go with Bayley and Damage Control, and Damage Control will run the show with all of the championships in their arsenal, and I think Bayley wins. I quit match. Edge takes on Finn Balor. And then we have the six-man tag match. It's the good old-fashioned Donnybrook, the brawling brutes of Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch against Imperium's Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. Extreme Rules is going to be a lot of fun, and these are really loaded matches. Ever since Triple H took over for Vince McMahon a few months ago, the match quality's gone up. The shows are better. I'm just excited for this whole event on Saturday night, October the 8th. Impact Wrestling presents Bound for Glory on Friday, October the 7th at the Albany Armory in Albany, New York, live on pay-per-view. 
And for the Impact World Championship, Josh Alexander defends against Eddie Edwards. That should be a terrific wrestling match right there. And then for the Impact Knockouts Championship, Jordan Grace defends the title against Masha Slamovich. Should be good. Impact World Tag Team Championships, Honor No More of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett defend the straps against the Motor City Machine Guns of Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Impact X Division Championship, Speedball Mike Bailey defends against Frankie Kazarian. In a career-threatening match, Mia Yim faces off against Mickey James, and if Mickey James loses this match, she will end up retiring from in-ring competition. I don't see that yet. I think Mickey James survives and thrives after this match. Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championship, Vexed, Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo defend the titles against Jessica and Taya Valkyrie. And then it's the yearly tradition for Impact Wrestling's the Call Your Shot Gauntlet Battle Royal. 20 men and women in the Battle Royal, and the winner will get a guaranteed championship match at the time of their choice, whenever they want it. So this has actually become a, a pretty big thing. Moose won it last year and then ended up cashing it in to win the world championship. And then also on the pre-show, there's going to be a digital media championship match. Brian Myers will defend in an open challenge. All right, let's hit the local scene. Last Saturday, October the 1st, Rocket Pro Wrestling presented Darkness Falls at St. Joe's Park in Joliet. And much of this recap, courtesy of the awesome Steve Arendt, catch him every Tuesday night on the Power Hour with C-Red and the crew. Show starts off with a video message from Joey Roth in a neck brace, and he basically blames Steve Arendt for injuring him during the Rocket Rumble. And Joey declares he's not coming back to Rocket until December. Opening match was the Rocket Pro Championship. The champion Christian Rose, the challenger Cody James. The bout ends up in a double disqualification. And this sets up a street fight at November 5th's Harvest Havoc. Then we had Aaron Stone defeating Ryan Matthews. And before the match, general manager Damian Saint put Stone's spot in the Rocket to the Top ladder match on the line, but Aaron Stone maintains that spot. However, Matthews viciously attacks Stone after the match. Rocket to the Top qualifier, and as predicted last week on this very program, Shaq Jordan defeats Hot Rod Daddy Andy and Russell TD to qualify. Then then Damien Saint comes back out, humiliates former GM Jay Beck, and then threatens Steve Arendt and has the idols, Damian Gray, take Steve's chair and he they're making him stand for the rest of the show. And that's pretty cruel, man. These shows are pretty long and, and Steve does a great job on commentary and just not a good look for Damian Saint there. I mean, he's just kind of he's just kind of abusing his power right here and uh not a good not a good thing. I mean, there you do it to a wrestler, that's fine, but to a guy like Steve, who's not that much of a wrestler, who wrestles only on occasion, but he's more of an announcer and an authority figure and such, it's kind of cruel, man. And then, Saint removes No Coast members Joey Blues and Brian Crazer from their six-man tag team match. And then, No Coast members DC Shaw and Trevin Wolf take their place. And in that six-man tag, we had Shaw, Wolf, and their mystery partner, Darth Vader. Yes, you heard that right. They defeat the Kings of the Six of Devin August and Skylar Reed and their mystery partner, Michael Myers. Yeah, the Halloween guy. That's right. Not the actor, not Austin Powers, not the SNL guy, but the Halloween legend, Michael Myers. Myers ends up turning on the Kings of the Six, helping No Coast win. But then after the match, Darth Vader and Michael Myers team up and chase out No Coast. So now we could have a team of Darth Vader and Michael Myers. This is insane. And if you didn't get to see this match, there are definitely some clips available online from Wrestling with Unicorns and Take Ashing Photography. And it shows that Darth Vader was forced choke slamming Michael Myers. This is seriously crazy stuff. 
Back to the action. Rocket to the top qualifier. Bad Buns Jay Fowler defeats my guy Axel Rico and the Boomstick 12 Gauge to qualify for next month's match. And then afterward, GM Damian Saint catches Steve Arendt again, sitting during the intermission, and they take away his chair again. And then Saint talks about how he would dock Steve Arendt's pay if he sits down again, and then also said mean things about his marriage. I'm like, okay, now you're going too far. Sexy violence Quinn Wittick defeats Shogun Chris Logan in a really good match and a really cool entrance from Shogun, who was led to the ring by the Windy City Ghostbusters. Of course, with one of their big members, the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels. Really cool entrance. I believe Take Action Photography has video of that on their social media. And an interference from the Idols' Damian Gray gave Quinn Wittick the victory, but Quinn Wittick was very upset with that. He's kind of pissed off. And then he and Shogun kind of had a nice moment together at the end of that match. And at the end of the day, Quinn is not an idol, which is a good sign for Rocket Pro Wrestling because there are too many idols as there are. Eight-man tag team match. Speaking of the idols, it was those damn Coyotes, Hopkins, Berna, and DeShane, along with Maximus Orion, defeating the idols team of Damian Gray, Kevin Cade, Ruthless Rockin' Rivera, and New Idol. And this week's guest on Windy City Slam Podcast, Tully Bertarelli. After the match, Turtle Storms the Ring challenges Ruthless Rivera for an inter-county title match at next month's Harvest Havoc. And then match of the night, maybe even match of the month, Outer Limits champion Gunner Brave defeats Storm Grayson to retain the title. The idols helped out Gunner Brave a little bit, though. Even though Gunner didn't really appreciate the extra assistance, he was upset, leaving the idols in the ring. And now, is there trouble in paradise within the fabulous idols? And now with Joey Roth being out for a couple of months, maybe some dissension, maybe some crazy stuff going on in the ranks of the idols. Main event, casket match. The icon Grin defeats Marche Rocket decisively and without interference. And that ends one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Grin had just returned to local wrestling about a year ago at last year's Darkness Falls in October. And it was a great program with him and with Marche. And Grin goes out on top. And they'll be back next month, November the 5th, for Harvest Havoc. And yours truly will be at Rocket Pro Wrestling with all of the coverage from ringside. Also this past Saturday night, October the 1st, Northland Pro presents Nightmare on the Square. And in that show, we congratulate the new Northland Pro champion, Eric Schultz. He defeats Cody James in a casket match to win the title. This past Sunday, October the 2nd, Warrior Wrestling returned with Warrior Wrestling 25 back where it all began at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. Storm Grayson with Frank the Clown pins Davey Bang, and Bang was replacing J.J. Garrett, and then Storm Grayson hits the knee trigger to defeat Bang. Then we had Jordan Cross with one of the biggest wins of his career. He defeats Sam Beal, and then afterward, EC3. Yeah, that's right. That EC3 comes out, confronts Jordan Cross, and could be interesting. Maybe we see EC3 and Jordan Cross in the future at Warrior Wrestling. There he had one confrontation up at GLCW slash Control Your Narrative a few months ago. Now this is the second time EC3 has gotten in Jordan's face. So this is going to be really interesting to see where they go from here. The best pizza, man. Luigi Primo pins Matt Nix in a very entertaining bout. And in a mild upset, in my opinion, Queen Amanada defeats Chicago Sky Blue. Tag team action saw the Briscoe brothers defeat the little rascals of Myron Reed and Zachary Wentz. Jay Lethal subbing for Eddie Kingston. He and Calvin Tankman with Frank the Clown in his corner go to a 15-minute time limit draw. And afterward, Jay Lethal was taken out by Tankman. Warrior Wrestling Championship. Now, this is a semi-main event. Casey Navarro pins Trey Miguel to retain the title after Navarro hits the Jesus piece 
And this was following interference from a hooded interloper who turned out to be Frank the Clown. And then Navarro and the rest of FTC LLC, that's Frank the Clown's limited corporation of Calvin Tankman, Storm Grayson, and Trevor Outlaw, they beat down Trey Miguel. And then Wenson Reed came out for the save. So could be cool to see maybe a Rascals versus FTC LCC six-man tag down the line. Good storytelling there by Warrior. And then in the main event, the Lucha Bros, the former AEW Tag Team Champions, they defeat Brian Cage and Gringo Loco. Once again, great show from Warrior Wrestling, making their return after a few months off. And this was their debut on Pro Wrestling TV, a new streaming service. So hopefully we'll see a pretty good relationship there as well. And Warrior Wrestling will be returning in 2023. All right, upcoming, we have Friday night, October the 7th. Fourth Wall Wrestling presents Once Upon a Time at Buena Vista Banquets in Milwaukee. Then Saturday, Big Day in Wrestling. I will be at SSW's and Sports and Signings. They're here, and that's the 8th over at the Brat Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. VIPs at 6.30, doors at 7, bell at 7.30. WWE legend Fred Ottman. AEW Tag Team Champion Max Caster and AEW Star Sky Blue will all be in attendance at the show. We have Jordan Cross with Billy Wack taking on Salem Crane in the Battle of Cousins in the main event. And if you missed last week's episode of Windy City Slam, we had both Jordan Cross and Salem Crane as guests together on the show to talk about this show and this match and everything else involved. If you missed the episode, check it out in the archives or wherever you get your podcasts or at WindyCitySlam.com. Plus, a few other great matches on this show. We have Cal Hero versus Chicago legend Steve Boz. And then in a mixed tag team match, Sky Blue and Uncle Doug Simmons taking on Shelly the Bombshell and Dave Rydell. And in tag team action, the Express of Ryan Cross and Dr. Jeff Luxon taking on Paulie Tomaselli and a mystery partner to be determined. And now Vic Capri was supposed to be Paulie's partner originally. He's taking a couple of months off, though, unfortunately, after being injured at an AEW show following a powerbomb by Wardlow. And then they're going to crown the first ever SS Women's Champion. Stacey Shadows faces Brooke Tanner. And a four-way match where we have TW3, Mason Conrad, Notorious Adam Grace, and Mikey Wild. Plus, we have Trip Jordy against Dr. X. Ottman and Caster will be signing autographs and taking picks. We'll probably get some sort of rap from Max Caster. That should be fun. And also, Kenosha's Hometown Hero Award will be presented to Army veteran Noah Rosales. Also Saturday, October the 8th, Dreamlave Wrestling returns with Trick or Treat at Luz La Grotto in Peru. Saturday night, October the 8th, Southland Championship Wrestling presents Rockin' Wrestling at the Steam Hollow Brewery in Mattoon. Premier Pro Wrestling has their show number 424 up in Woodstock. ARW's Harvest Moon is at the American Legion Post in Lake Station, Indiana. That's where Ivan Manson will have his final ever match. And One Fall Entertainment presents Game Over in Keel, Wisconsin. And then Sunday, we have Chicagoland Championship Wrestling on October the 9th, their two-year anniversary show, The Return, at the Squat American Legion in Michigan City. And then Sunday evening, Gali Lucha Libre presents Gali number 524, at the Golly Studios in Villa Park. All right, coming up next, our first-time guest, Mr. Made-for-TV, Tully Bertarelli. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. 
That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast, we welcome for the very first time a man of many talents, pro wrestler, actor, stuntman for TV shows. It's time for Tully Vision, Mr. Made for TV, Tully Bertarelli. Welcome to the show. Hey, you got my name of the off the first time. <laughs> so many people get Bertarelli mispronounced, but thank you for pronouncing it correctly. Thanks for having me, Mike. Oh, you are very welcome. It's been a long time coming. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've been following you. Uh, how long have you been doing this now? Uh, the podcast for close to three years and the website for a little over four. Yeah, so I've been following the podcast during the pandemic. So keep it up, man. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So pro wrestler, actor, stuntman. So how long have you been wrestling and how did you get your start? So funny story, you should say that. Um, I go back a long time ago. When huh, I was first going to get trained in 2003, but my my mom at the time got lost in Melrose Park on MapQuest. If you all know what that was back in the day, I'm <laughs> sure that you know what MapQuest was. Mike Absolutely. never got really, really good directions for uh, World Wrestling Zone School. But as a as a teenager, I always called Sam DeCiro from Windy City Wrestling, and I would always talk to Sam DeCiro or like one of the trainers there about training out there and then back in 2006 i did a fantasy camp for windy city pro wrestling and i couldn't commit because i was playing college football in maine at the same school shane mcmahon went to but i can touch upon that later and then i was going to train with the awa with buddha the beast steve boz and nikki six but i couldn't commit to that so i started my real training probably around 2008 and I started out as a trainee, you know, just like everybody else. And I took a hip toss the wrong way. And my dad saw that. No, it was it was an arm drag. I took an arm drag the wrong, wrong way, got concussed. And my dad's like, never again, you're going to do that. But I stuck with it. And um, yeah, did it in 2008. I started and I started out as a manager, went from being a manager to be a ring interviewer for War Pro Wrestling. And then from War Pro, from being a ring interviewer, which I always interviewed the main event because I was studying theater in college. So they're like, oh, you're an actor. We'll, we'll throw you like, you know, you talk to the main event guys, even though I'm like six foot two and I'm taller than half the guys in Chicago. And uh, I interviewed them, still managed. And then I got into refereeing for, with Pro Wrestling Blitz. And then I learned that's how I learned psychology and all that stuff. From a lot of those great guys, big shout out to Hardcore Craig, Brandon Blaze, Tony Rican, um, Steve Stone, Metalhead. I learned a lot from those guys by refing them, and also Jay Bradley and Robert Ego Anthony and Ashton Vatan. Um, but then I got into more of doing the pre-shows and curtain jerkers for other people, and then yeah, I've been probably wrestling since 2011. So. My journey's like all over the place how it started, you know? Yep. Little over a decade in the business. And you mentioned the fact you're 6'2 and you're doing interviews. Now it's 6'4 with, with lifts. Let's yeah. put this. What's, yeah, 6'4. It's funny um, because they really kind of focus in the business all over the years. Guys like Mean Gene Okerlund, guys are a little bit on the short side holding the microphone for other people. Now, was it kind of awkward for you to be that big and being able to and having to do that? Um, every time I would ref, I would always be told to slouch because I or my nickname was the UFC ref because you remember that big ref from UFC with the black jack hair and the black gloves. Um, I would always have to hunch over. Um, it's just the whole when you're taller than everybody your whole life, and I'm getting back to my childhood. Yeah, you're always called a giant. So, yeah, being big, definitely, it's different now. But when I broke in, we still had the old school way. If you were taller than the worker, then the fans get disbelieved. Be like, well, why is that guy not in the ring, you know, locking up and kicking ass and taking names, you know? Why is that guy with the microphone, like, hovering over the guys that are, like, twice, you know, I was also, like, 
a lot heavier too. So I was like heavy and taller than everybody. So, but you got to get your start somewhere, right? Yep. Absolutely. And you have done TV work for shows such as Empire, Chicago PD, Fargo, among others. Now, how did you get into that line of work? Now, you mentioned that you went to school for theater. Yeah. So after I studied at Bridget Academy, which was the same school Shane McMahon went to, um, which was a postgraduate school, it was in between my senior year and my freshman year of college, I wrote a sketch in my prep school at the time and performed it. And I always wanted to go into acting. So because in high school, I did teen open mics and did spoken word in high school. And um, I also played sports, of course, and did drawing and painting. I was a very weird kid. Uh, they called me a pock, a punk jock. And um, I essentially got into acting because my older brother was an actor. And uh, he went into more of the writing side of things. And I was going to take an acting class in high school, but they didn't offer it. So probably my freshman year of college, I took an acting class. And within two weeks of taking that class, I knew that's what I wanted to do right away. And so, like, I studied acting. I learned behind the camera and from the camera, writing for the camera, radio, TV, film, like all the fun aspects that everyone should should learn if you're ever going to be an actor. So word of advice, if you're if anyone's listening that wants to be an actor, learn everything besides just act. So I got into TV because my dad found a casting call for a movie called Divergent that was filmed in 2013. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for people with MMA background and like fighting background because it's, it was essentially like a stunt audition. And prior to that, I did a movie called Chicago Rot where I did stunt work and everything like that. And so I came to this casting call and my buddy looked at me, you know, my buddy, shout out to my buddy, Bob Beck looked at me. He's like, you look familiar. And I'm like, yeah, I was in a movie called Chicago Rod. He's like, go into the other line. And then when you, you, you see me nod, I'm like, okay. So I did that. And he bumped me up to star category, which was like being a double or stuff like that. But I was taller than all the principal cast, but I still got to be a featured extra. So I did fun extra work. So I did divergence. I was a, <laughs> I was a neo-Nazi in crisis. Yeah. Being bald, you get put in a lot. I was an inmate on PD and I didn't make a habit of it. But while I was an inmate on PD, I met a guy and I told him to be quiet on set. I essentially told him to shut up. And uh, he was a stunt guy. And we talked and he, we knew about this. We knew a lot of the same people. And he invited me to his stunt gym, which was essentially his backyard of an obstacle course that looked like Ninja Warrior. And he saw how he moved. And for being a big guy, he's like, hey, what's your background? Like, you move real quick and you're very limber for your size. I'm like, oh, I, I do pro wrestling on the weekends. He's like, wait, what? So I showed him footage. He's like, well, why don't you be a stunt man? And I'm like, well, yeah. and he's like, I'll make you meet the guys. And I'm like, okay. So I got to meet my stunt dad. Shout out to my stunt dad, dad out there who's listening if he is. And uh, I got to meet the guys from Midwest Stunts. And I worked out with them while I was still doing wrestling shows at the time and uh, got my union card. So I've been in the union since 2016. And my first job was Chicago PD. And then I worked on, I worked on Empire a bunch. I did a movie with Machine Gun Kelly and John Goodman called Captive States. I did Fargo. I get killed in the first episode with Chris Rock in season four. And then late, the last stunt job I did was uh, actually on Power Book Tour Force. I did my first driving stunt, which was essentially uh, I just sped off in a car. It was pretty cool. But yeah, it's been fun. Now, are there any crazy stories that you can tell from on set? Um... Crazy in what, what? What? Crazy? What way? Well, any anything that's wacky or weird or you know just anecdotal, you know. I think it, it's not really crazy. I think it's kind of funny. Um, I did a stunt that actually got cut out of Empire, and essentially it was uh, I was with a scene with my buddy Scott Dixon, uh, Enrique Guzman, and I were doing a scene where we were trying to prevent Yaz, the younger son in Empire, to see his kid. And so the coordinator is going over the scene and everything like that. He says, okay, you guys are a bunch of security guards. You're trying to prevent Yaz from seeing this kid. And he's like looking around. He's like, by the way, it's going to be one of you guys. And he, he looks at Scott. Scott's black. Enrique's Puerto Rican. And he points at me because I'm the white guy. He's like, Antelli, you're going to get punched. Because in Empire, we like to stick it to the man. Antelli, you're the man today. So I started laughing. I'm like, oh, boy. 
And uh, it was just a fun scene, but it was just pretty funny where you had a black dude, Puerto Rican guy, and a white security guard, and they're going over the brief of who's going to get punched in the face, and they like to stick it to the man. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. Um, getting a bowel thrown at by Voight, that was pretty fun. Every every job I've had on set was just really fun in stunts, and I always appreciate Midwest Stunts for giving me that opportunity. There was nothing too crazy, but, like, I mean, like, I opened a helicopter door for Empire once, and that's essentially a stunt because you don't want the blade to cut your head off, you know? I mean, the blade was like right here and I had to go underneath and open the door for Terrence Howard. And uh, yeah, it was fun. Crazy stuff. Um, your IMDB page also said that you used to sing and write lyrics for Billy Club Master Chef. <laughs> yes. I once was in a new wave, dark wave band called Billy Club Master Chef. Um, my buddy Brian and I grew up together. He is a year younger than me, but I've known him since he was 14 years old. It's been 20 years since I've known this kid. And uh, our friend Joe and I and Brian used to make music all the time. And then we became a duel. So we decided to make like a synth wave, dark wave. Guess you can put like butthole surfers meets like Gary Newman meets Nine Inch Nails. I mean, we have a Spotify. So if anyone want to listen to some trippy music, look up Billy Club Master Chef. That's quite the name. <laughs> yeah. I want to be called Foursquare Hop. He said Billy Club Master Chef. I'm like, all right, I'll do Foursquare Hop for something else. Okay. You got to say, put that in your pocket for some other time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, to the main reason why we got you here. Upcoming event, Chicagoland Championship Wrestling presents the return. And that's Sunday afternoon, October the 9th, at the Squad American Legion in Michigan City, Indiana. The doors are at one. The bell is at two. And you, Tully, will be in action along with your partner Solomon Stone as the Sin City Playboys to face Chad and Tad, the Bro Bros. That is a handful to say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. I've been training for about a year now for this fight. Uh, last time I was with Chicago, with my partner Solomon Stone, we obtained a victory over Gunner Brave and Country Air. We are remain undefeated in Chicagoland. We're the only team in Chicagoland that is undefeated. So we are the most dominated team in all of Chicagoland. And we got these bro bros. I know who Chad and Tad are. They've been coming through the ranks. They come from Russell League, LLC. Mm -hmm. You know, they, 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 they're two crazy, wild and crazy dudes. I'll put it this way. I call them the Bill and Ted of professional wrestling. <laughs> that was a good movie, by the way. I love Bill and Ted. Me too. I like the second one. Third one, not so much. Yeah, I have to see the uh, the Bill and Ted face to music still. Um, that's yeah. definitely on the watch list. Well, I guess we'll see how it goes. So do you think maybe gold will be in the future for the Sin City Playboys? I mean, we'd like to contain the gold, but we just want what we want to do as the Sin City Playboys is to remain dominant in all of Chicagoland. You know, we are we are all undefeated. So we would like to remain undefeated if the gold comes our way we'll just swoop and pick it up but for now our main goal is to remain the top group of chicagoland championship wrestling yeah also on this card you're going to see yoyo yamura among many other international talents plus talents like marche rocket and raven fett the ewok jackson p larkin shogun chris logan Garrison Creed and many others. It's just so much great talent. And what's it like working with this pool of great talent for CCW? I mean, it, the greatest thing about Chicagoland Championship Wrestling is just being in the locker room with the best of the best of the Midwest. Um, we're not just a Chicago company. We are, everyone comes from all over. A tag team that Solomon and I have a dream one day to wrestle and that you didn't mention was the Outrunners. You know, Floyd Turbo and Truth Magnum, outstanding wrestlers that came from the the toolages and training of Rip Rogers. I mean, they scream tag team wrestling. I study them every time they wrestle in Chicagoland. So, because one day Solomon and I will go head to head with them. So we got to always think... How can we defeat these guys now? Because I feel like that's 
that's the guys that we want to face to prove that we're the dominant tag team. Now, with some of the stuff that you said you've learned through your uh, acting and, and studying theater and such, do people in promotions you work for kind of pull you over and say, Tully, uh, could you help us with this? Could you help us with that? Maybe with a little bit of uh, t- teaching the wrestlers about camera positioning and things like that, promos? Um, You know, I don't have many promoters do that for me. I've actually had guys, younger guys, come up to me and, I even offered it to the young guys too when I meet them that you know if they ever want to get into character or like want to discuss what character they want to go for that like I have an idea of how to just get into that mindset. Essentially, like I always tell people, Mister Made for TV, Tully Bertarelli is essentially Troy McClure but turned up eleven notches. You know, Troy McClure from The Simpsons, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Phil Hartman. Okay. Um, and then Tully Vision, like my other persona, when you know I'm Tully Vision, it's more of essential of over the top punk rock, Barry Windham, Buzz Sawyer, you know. So, because we're not, we're in a, a weird era of wrestling where it's reality, but it's entertainment reality. They don't want the over top voice and tell the millions of fans out there you know like they don't need to have that voice anymore they need to fans really want to watch you and being you is the best you can be but also you can turn up 11 but just don't have what they say the wrestler voice because it comes out fake Mm -hmm. you know i mean you look at the talkers now like i think a wonderful talker now that i will give a big shout out to is uh mjf you know He is probably the best talker in mainstream wrestling today. Not only is he the best talker, I think he's like one of the best wrestlers out there too, because he's just, he's got the whole, he's got the whole package. He knows how to talk. He knows how to wrestle. He knows how to work the crowd. Like he's just essentially what I tell guys all the time. This, that guy right there knows what he's doing. (laughs) So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, MJF, one of the best in the business, in my opinion, as well. I think he's the total package. And wherever he ends up working in a couple of years, once his big free agents period begins, it's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up. As oh, well. yeah. And another guy that's good, too, on the other side of the, you know, the pond for WWE, Logan Paul. Here's a guy that is a celebrity in the wrestling world, but he, oh, my God, I watched his match at Mania. He is an amazing perform wrestler, you know, and he also has that charisma, that it factor of just like what everyone wants, you know. That's another complete package of of a character, you know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize he actually had like amateur wrestling in his background too, which which they showed on TV the other day. I'm like, wow, this guy really is into this. Yeah, I always tell people. uh, not just to learn how to wrestle, um, learn how to do everything else too. It's just like an acting, not just be an actor, but be a director, be a writer, be a filmmaker in this day and age for pro wrestling. Like for people that are young and up and coming, we have social media Do a promo every day, you know, make yourself be syndicated in the way of just the hashtag. Because someone's going to see that hashtag and be like, hmm, that's interesting. And then they look at your character, then they look more into your who you are and they're like, oh, okay, interesting. Mr. Maple TV. Oh, okay. Like, I always joke around, like, people always ask me, like, well, like, Mr. Maple TV, totally, like, is it a work? Are you just like a background actor? I'm like, no, like, go- like, I yell at fans and tell them to Google my name. And as you just, but there, Mike, you just looked up my... Go over my MDB real quick, if you have it pulled up. Oh, take a look. I have it up here somewhere. In fact, I think I have it up. Okay. <laughs> Still have it up on my window. All right. Yeah, you got a, you got a whole bunch of stunt Read credits and actor credits. Oh, from, from stunts, you have Come Out Fighting, which is coming soon. The Power Book, Four Force, Fargo, Empire, Captive State, Chicago Rot, Chicago PD. And then there's some shorts as well, like Kung Fu Cop Arcade, The Rescue, Jones. And then there's actor credits as well. 
uh, weekend dead away in pre-production when two wrongs is short chico and chano doing mary jane the running man promo number one so like i have a like as you point to the the people in their tele viewers at home and also potential tele viewers i have a real imdb correct yes it's legitimate yeah that's what wrestling needs to be it's legitimate yep. you know yep absolutely and you definitely have a great background in not only in wrestling, but in, you know, the theater and the arts as well. And, and that's really a great package for somebody in this business. Yeah. I mean, you got my dad said it best and he's still alive, but big shout out to my father. Um, do everything in life, not just wrestle, but do art. Mm-hmm. Take a dance class. Take a guitar class. Play with your mind. That's how you get inspired. You know, draw a picture. Treat everyone like an artist and hero because you're better off on stage. But stage, stage is known as life. Like, not just be a wrestler, but just learn everything. Just like a human being. Don't just think of one thing. Do everything in life. Try it. That's great advice. I really love that. That you know, I, More people should do that, too, and follow that, for sure. Yeah. Now, you've also worked recently in the region for companies like uh, Crash Tested Wrestling and Frontline Pro as well. So what's it like getting out there in the Midwest a little bit and trying some different territories? You know, working for Frontline Pro in Wisconsin has been a huge honor and a huge opportunity that really I'm very humbled that I have that opportunity up in Wisconsin. Great group of guys, you know, like Bulletproof Ben McCoy, you know. Jared Jacks, Quinn Wittick, Joey Dalton, like Brian, Brandon Nitro, like a lot of those guys are great. And then I got guys in Indiana for crash tested with guys like, you know, that you don't see that often. Like there's this one guy. Oh, what's his name? Oh, man. Nick Diamond mm-hmm. is a, a standout there from crash tested that uh, I know in the coming in November, him and I are going to be locking up against in a six man, his team against my team. And then uh, also I in up in Detroit, I'm with TKW with the purge and DBA, the most wanted man in Detroit. You know, it's just, I, I, you know, Brutus Atwell, like the name, you know, Gio Bronco, the big black cowboy, big shout out to him. Like I'm getting out of the Chicago realm and Indiana, like I'm essentially getting out of Chicagoland area and going more distance. I'm in talks with Texas. I'm in talks with, you know, Nebraska. I'm in talks with Denver. I'm talking with different companies out there. And I'm just, I'm really, I really enjoying being a journeyman of this wrestling journey. You know, it's just not, oh, I'm just going to drive, you know, 30 miles. It's going to be like, no, I'm going to drive four hours and two hours into it. I'm going to go to a pit stop and power nap, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives you like more a broad range of experience and you travel around, you see new things, you do new things. It's really kind of a cool thing that you're doing by uh, going to various different states and different promotions. That's all I want. I want to be the journeyman. I want to be, I'm not looking to be the next sign guy or be the next guy on AW Dark or WWE TV. All I want to do is just make the journey, you know, go down to like Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico or have the opportunity to wrestle in Mexico or Japan. Like I'm just here to hump the highways and just be the traveler, you know? Which is kind of funny that we talk about this because my next question was, do you have any long-term goals for wrestling? That kind of sounds like some goals that you want to achieve is to do some of the things you just mentioned. My biggest dream in wrestling. And I always tell this to everybody is to wrestle in all the landmarks of professional wrestling. If that makes any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, perfect example, I would love to wrestle in Portland, Oregon because of Portland wrestling. Yeah. I would love to wrestle in Dallas because my favorite wrestling of all time was world-class championship mm-hmm. wrestling. I would like to wrestle in Memphis. I would like to wrestle in, like, St. Petersburg, Florida. I would like to wrestle in Hawaii. I'd like to wrestle in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. You know, I would love to wrestle in Japan. Like, I just, or, like, in I would love to wrestle in where my family's from in England, I would love to wrestle out there or Germany, just travel, you know, meet different people that just do what I do, but like 
have the memories. Like, it doesn't matter if, like, I have, you know, AEW or Impact or WWE knock on my door. I'm, I'm nowhere near thinking of that right now. I'm just here to just go on that journey, see where it goes, and hopefully when I'm old and gray, because I already got some gray in my beard, <laughs> but more gray, as I like to say, is that I had fun doing it. And I've met a lot of cool people on the way so far. Because that's all what I feel like professional wrestling is. Is wrestling dudes and girls and thems as we have now. But mm -hmm. like having the memories that have it. But also meet the fans that you're never going to meet other fans like this. You know, I uh, perfect example, Mike. I had a fan of mine that I see every time in TKW. And first time I met him, he was talking to me. He started to stutter, and uh, I told the kid to cover his ears because his dad apologized to me about him having a stuttering problem. And I told the dad, I'm like, hold on. Hey, kid, cover your ears. So he covers his ears. And, and I'm like, don't worry about it. My shoot job, I work with these kind of kids. So I tell the kid to take the earmuffs off. And I'm like, hey, you want to do a push-up contest? And the kid, like, eyes light up. Like, yeah. Of course, I made like I'm the bad guy. I'm supposed to win, right? I made him win. Why? Because we're giving back. Mm -hmm. That kid's gonna wake up, like, and think, "Oh my god, I just beat Mister Made for TV in push-ups." Next month, he came back, did the same thing. I did the same routine, and I had one of the wrestlers come up to me afterwards, like, "Why do you make the kid win? You're the bad guy." I'm like, I made a memory because when he's my age. He's going to talk to his kids and brag about how he beat a wrestler in push-ups. It's always giving back to people. You know, when that when you're done with that match, if you're the bad guy, you can be a dick or you can give back. Yep. Give back. That's awesome. Now, I was also going to ask you, any long-term goals in show business? Yeah. I would like to get a golden raspberry. Just kidding. No, I would like to work. I, uh, I want to be a character actor. I want to be, I want to be in movies. I want to be, you know, just, I want to be like the rock. I want to be like Helmsworth. I want to be an action hero. I want to constantly just perform in front of the camera. I love, like, I just, I know we're going to talk about it soon, but one of my fair experiences lately was being on set for the movie weekend dead away. It was my first movie with dialogue and from going from being a wrestler to doing stunt work for doing comedy and then going into camera work and acting for the camera is a whole different ball game. You know, I, it's the, it's a thrill ride. And it was a lot of fun working with three feather films on doing this movie. And, uh, October 15th, they're supposedly going to be, they're supposed to premiere it or they're going to put a trailer out. I'm not sure yet, but once I do, Mike, I'll send you the link so you can post it for your people to watch. But um, it was just really fun to work on that pr production. Awesome. Yeah, it looks like uh, that's going to be a very nice step for you, to make, perhaps into getting some other bigger and better roles as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really cool thing was uh, I'm not the only wrestler in it. Madman Fulton or Fulton uh, Sawyer mm -hmm. from Sawyer Sanity, yep. NXT, uh, NXT fame. He uh, actually plays in the movie. I can't tell you who he is, and I can't tell you if i'm the killer or not but i will tell you right off the bat i am not um <laughs> i'm i'm i my contract i could not spoil the movie but i will tell people that i am a bartender in a horror movie and i'm really excited and i'm really excited to see the final result i just got off the phone a couple of weeks ago with the director and uh it, he just said he's like do you want to see your scene i'm like no nah. like to be surprised like everybody else don't don't blow your wand on me right now <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. I uh, can't wait to see that drop. Yeah. All right. Uh, and bef before we let you go, uh, I want you to go ahead and promote your social media, merchandise, upcoming wrestling shows, as well as anything else you might want to promote. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I have an Instagram page. Uh, I do have a Facebook page, but I'm sorry for the fans that are listening in. My Facebook is actually pri is private, so I can't. I don't want you to add me, but you can add me on Instagram and see all my cool stuff at Tully Bergarelli. That's T-U-L-L-Y-B-E-R-T-O-R-E. 
E-L-L-I, at Tully Bertarelli. Um, plug in that for Instagram. If you want to listen to some fun music and some trip music, you can listen to Billy Club Match Chef on Spotify, even though I'm not part of it. We're no longer a group. Be on the lookout for Weekend Dead Away. October 9th, Chicagoland, I'm wrestling. And then October 16th, I believe, that's next Friday, the Friday after that, I'll be wrestling in um, for TKW in Detroit, Michigan. I don't know who my opponent is, but I've called out everyone from Freddy Krueger to Mike Myers to the boogeyman himself. So we'll see who comes out for that. And then on October 27th, I'll be with Frontline Pro. And then November 6th, I'll be with Battle Tested Wrestling in Wisconsin. I believe it's West Allis, Wisconsin. And then I believe November 26th, I'm with Crash Tested Wrestling in Hobart, Indiana. Crash Givings? Yep, Crash Givings. I'll be definitely throwing a big pumpkin pie in Nick Diamond's face. Uh, um, let's see also, and then, yeah, just, uh, be on the lookout and, uh, dress your television because it's time for television. I just had to say that same telly time, same telly channel, but yeah, Mike, this has been awesome. Um, I hope we do this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure once you get a little bit more famous in the show business, we'll, we'll definitely have you on. Yeah, definitely, man. And yeah, if you want to see, uh, one of my movies, you can look up Chicago Rot. It's available on Amazon Prime, but also I believe it's on YouTube. So, yeah. That's all, all right. I got, Mike. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Uh, Tully, thank you for coming on. We will have you back in the future. And everybody go out to Michigan City on October 9th and check out the Sin City Playboys at Chicagoland Championship Wrestling. Fun interview with Mr. Made for TV, Tully Bertarelli. Really cool story. Lots of nice little anecdotes about his acting career. And he'll be front and center at Chicagoland Championship Wrestling this weekend at the Squat American Legion in Michigan City. Sunday afternoon, it's a matinee show. 1 p.m. doors, 2 p.m. bell. Check out Mr. Made for TV at CCW. All right, next week, we're going to recap SSW's They're Here in Kenosha, WWE Extreme Rules. Plus, we welcome for the very first time Chicago media personality, a guy who works for Sports Kita, in AAW Pro, Mr. Kevin Kellum. And we're going to talk some Jim Lina Memorial Tournament right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.